Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And welcome to the business podcast where we cover business news and give our legal twist and also answer some of your business legal questions where you, the listener, can send into ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. And ask is spelled A-S-K. And not A-X, I guess. I don't know what else they would be thinking. It's our word of the week. Well, we have an extreme episode this week because we're going to talk about extreme sports. And this is funny, too, because I remember talking about some of this stuff in law school and torts class. But for sports in general, you always have this assumption of risk or, like I said, for sports or for if you go to uh, amusement parks, I think things of that nature. But we're talking about extreme sports. And I think this article is focusing on some of the more recent trends like the Tough Mudder and what are some of the other ones, Spartan Race and... Warrior Dash. I don't know. I have never done one and will never do one, but I know a bunch of people that have. And they're talking about there is this assumption of risk and people sign waivers saying that they basically sign away everything and every injury is okay. But how far can that go? Because the main story here is some guy that did the race and ended up dying. He drowned, right? Or was that another story? There was a guy who drowned, but I think this guy... He got like stuck in mud for 15 minutes or something and got airlifted up. I don't Trampled. Know. Yeah, but it's... That's terrible. Well, yeah, these things are goofy anyway. Yeah. And people know what they're getting into to a certain extent. But the problems with these waivers, and by the way, these waivers aren't legal in all states. There's certain things that you can't waive, but you know, we've all signed them you know, doing different things, whether... I think in, when I was in Costa Rica, we signed a waiver when we were doing zip lining or people that parachute and so forth. You know, there, there's an inherent risk that, okay, something might go wrong. But the thing is, is that there's also something wrong if a, something is unexpected and it's made dangerous. Like, for example, I was reading in the story that you were referring to is that the attorneys arguing that, okay, the pit of water was made extra muddy so that if someone was in there that you wouldn't be able to see them and people that are jumping into it couldn't see if there's someone there and it was certain deep. So it does pose some danger in that respect. You know, this reminds me of, I have to ask my wife what it was, but she's in the public health industry. And she read an article where a bunch of people got sick, and I can't remember the actual disease, but they got sick because the actual mud race was on a farm. And some of the feces, of course, of the manure from cows and so forth was mixed in. And they ended up getting some kind of weird disease and so forth. Huh. And, you know, usually waivers deal with assumption of the risk. Yeah. But, you know, to assume the risk, you have to have knowledge of what you're assuming. And that would be a horrible event to get some kind of weird disease just from this silly race. And we'll link the article. They actually have the, I think these are the actual waivers that people sign to participate in them for a couple of these races. And they do waive a bunch of things. But like you said, you know, it has to be... <laughs> reasonable in terms of what the expectations are. And there's this one, I'm trying to find the name of this race, the Spartan Death Race or whatever it's called. And they seem <laughs> to cross the line a little bit because it's a 48-hour 
race and they have all these things saying you know like make sure that you've lived a full life before competing in this because this could be the last thing you do and 90 percent of people don't finish and i can imagine they get in a lot more trouble than you know something like the tough mutter and and don't get me wrong even though waivers require all these different requirements but in general waivers are enforceable and there's been a long history of enforcing these waivers to a certain extent but i think by statute some states have limited it to what right. you can waive and what you can't. And there's also some common law in it. It's a subtle issue. I guarantee you each of these, well, I shouldn't guarantee it because I know that's not true. A lot of these companies probably haven't advised as many attorneys as they should on this. I know some of these guys, it's just a bunch of group of guys that do it and put it together with not much thought, maybe in the beginning, and then it, and then it gets going, and then they make things more professional later. But uh, that's pretty risky in the beginning. Yeah, we need to have a sound effect for when you do a, a guarantee, like it's locked in or some whatever yeah. signifies a guarantee. So, I mean, there's one example here. The guy that died, there was a lawsuit brought by his family. We don't know how that's going to turn out yet. But there's another example of a man who was paralyzed during one of these races. He didn't sign the disclaimer because he just showed up and started participating in the race. So <laughs> he sued for yeah. for $30 million and they settled for 300000 So By the way, that's not uncommon is that you have some lawyer will spend hours and hours drafting the perfect disclaimer, perfect waiver, and then... When it comes down to it, it's not actually used. The people aren't really strict on enforcing to make sure everyone actually signed it and so forth. That's not uncommon. Because yeah. think about it, if if you do get sued, you're going to have to produce that specific waiver. You're not going to show a copy. You have to make sure you not only have them sign it, but also make sure that you keep it sound and keep it smart. <laughs> well done. Well done. Thank you. I was going to go into the specifics of the waiver itself and just pinpoint some things, but I think we'll just stop the story right there because that was well done. And I said, we'll link it so if people want to read it, they're more than welcome. We're going to get into the question of the day now. All right. I'm an independent contractor and was presented with an agreement that basically makes me liable for any mistake I make and not the company. Is this fair or even common practice? And... Looks like someone working for a video production company in California. Okay. All's fair in love and war and business and contracts. Isn't that the same? Something close to that? Yeah, more or less. Less probably, but... But the fact that this person's asking is as fair, it makes me laugh a little bit. Because in contracts, as far as negotiation, you're not in a consumer relationship. And I think that's where fairness comes into play. But when you're in a arm's length transaction, as you would put it, between you as the, well, I don't know what you do, but let's say you're a videographer and you work for a video production company, you know, you're free to go to another video production company and do what you need to do on that end. You're not forced into that contract. So as far as fair, it's, it's what you guys agree upon. But I think a more important question is this common practice. And let's talk about that. I mean, obviously, independent contractors are generally responsible for their own acts and not the person that's contracting them. Right, exactly. And that's and just to to step back a second for on something you just said, you know, they're free to go to another company at the same time. The company's free to, if the independent contractor doesn't want to accept these terms, the company's free to cut them and, and find the next person. So it works both ways. But yeah, so this will be good because this will bleed into our answer for if it's common practice. You're going to be held liable for a mistake that you make. Even without a contract, right? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's limited to gross negligence or some sort of intentional act. Yeah. And what this person may be referring to is uh, indemnification, meaning that if the company is sued for something that this independent contractor did, 
then the company expects the independent contractor to pay for the defense or pay for any damages that may be incurred by the company because of that. And now that is actually pretty common. In fact, I'm assuming you're a videographer. I'm just making it up. But depending upon the nature of your job or position as an independent contractor for this company, it may make more sense for you to take on that risk because you're in the best position to prevent it. And if I was representing that company, I would almost insist upon it because how can the company be held responsible for something that they had no way of preventing from occurring? Right. So I think the answer, yeah, is it fair? Yeah. Is it common practice? Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen the actual clause itself, but it's, it sounds like yeah. it's a double yes for this one. A double yes. Those are the best answers. Yeah. I hate double no's. Those are the worst. So I think the deal is that if your guarantee that you said earlier in the episode turns out to not be true, you have to run the Tough Mudder, uh, whichever the next Tough Mudder <laughs> is in, in, this, in your city. Oh, man. I'd rather do a marathon or something. That's nasty. And you have to do it with one of those Go cams on so we can watch your experience the entire time. I'm pretty sure that every time I've said I guarantee in this podcast has always been not true. Like I always just try to disclaim it afterwards. I'm like, I guarantee, but well, I don't guarantee it, but it's something close to that. <laughs> Yeah, 70% of the time it works every time. So that's a good one. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. Yep. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up to date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.